0: Welcome to the Seahawks Man-to-Man Podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. You can follow me at Mike Dugar. I am verified, so just look for me in my new profile picture with Pete Carroll. Uh, with a blue check next to it Chris talked to him what
1: is up everybody it's your boy Christopher Kidd be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and that's ckid
0: all right and just before we started recording I made note that this is our first episode of the regular season that started technically kind of really uh and Chris made a good point said the grind is about to get grindier <laughs> don't know if that's a saying but it is Today. <laughs> now. Uh, and so much happened over the weekend. Teams cut uh, a lot of guys, cut down the rosters from 80 to 53. Uh, the practice squad is like 16 guys now. So, really, if you. Oh, man, here I am doing math so early in the show. If you got 80, how many guys can they keep? 69? So that's 11? Yeah, so 11 is so not actually that that crazy of a number now that I think about. Uh, but, yeah, the Seahawks had to make some cuts, uh, most uh, uh, most notably Shaquem and, and uh, Paul Richardson. We'll, we'll get to those. Uh, the first name, when you look at the Seahawks roster, that you don't see is Jadavian Clowney. Clowney who, dang it, Chris, we should have checked how many days Clowney watch was. There's a way to do that on Google. But I would say it was like... A hundred and seventy days. That's a long time. As I, you said, six months. <laughs> I yeah, it was something, something crazy. Clowny watch was a long time. It was everywhere I go. Clowny, Clowny. Are we gonna get Clowny? How much do we offer Clowny? Why haven't we signed Clowny? Where's Clowny gonna go? Clowny, Clowny, Clowny. There's so much. I I memorized how to spell Jadavian correctly. Uh, Fun fact. That is absolutely correct. Yeah, it's I hard know how to spell it. <laughs> it's it's hard. Some of the names are tricky. I got like Schottenheimer was another one I had to like get right. Uh, in my brain the seahawks cut that one uh, polynesian cat uh, pita something i hope he has a job somewhere i just knew i was getting his name wrong a lot there's a lot of red squiggly things on my spell check when i wrote it but anyway jadavian's not on the team anymore he has signed with the titans for a one-year deal uh worth 12 million dollars uh, excuse me it's a one man as for one year 12 million dollar deal worth up to 15 million i'm assuming those are some performance based incentives. I don't know what they are. I haven't seen any reports about what they are. I would imagine that they are somewhat tied to a sack count or which would be I hope he didn't do that, but uh I'm sure they are. Uh maybe if he makes the Pro Bowl, all-pro team, plays a certain percentage of the snaps cuz he has some injury history. What else would there be in there? Sacks. Maybe if the team goes to the bowl or something. I don't know. I don't know why he would tie any of his money into that, but that that's what it is, and there are several questions uh, to be asked when he finally decided. Chris, well, when you seen all right, cool. Titans one year, twelve years up to or twelve million up to fifteen. Boom, you're like what? What did the Seahawks offer? <laughs> great <I don't>, question.
1: <laughs> that's really weird. I mean, I, the initial reports that I've heard and I that I've read. They were somewhere between fifteen million and nineteen million. Okay? Who is That's what the Seahawks are offering. Yeah, that's that's rumors. I'm not saying this is accurate. That's just what I've heard. And then for the final deal to happen, and he's starting at twelve million with incentives to make three more, I'm thinking he doesn't want to be in Seattle at this
0: point. It's another good conclusion. Keep it going.
1: I don't understand how you take less money if indeed the Seahawks did offer you up to $18, 19 million dollars and you were not satisfied because initially you went at twenty. Okay, they're two, 20 plus. 20 plus, excuse me. he so, wanted DeForest Buckner money and he didn't feel like DeForest Buckner, unfortunately. Injuries and all that, we get it. But my question was going what's so what's so cool about the Titans? I mean, they have a good running back and and Henry who is a bowling ball, aka the Juggernaut. But outside of that, I mean They have a good
0: quarterback, I think. You no, think? No,
1: they don't. They don't. You think uh, he was really really good last year. He was very year. efficient last year. He was outstanding last. Uh, year. Russ is elite. Okay. That's a fact. That's a fact. Imagine if Kalani were to come back, the Seahawks pass rush just jumps up now. But that didn't happen. I don't understand the move. It doesn't make sense to me. I have no the word. I I don't know what to say. It's just a weird. The whole thing was weird, as you said. This lasted over a hundred days. I'm gonna figure out how many days this was. And for him to just go to the Tennessee Titans. I don't know. I mean, best of luck to him, of course. They, they are a good team for what it's worth. They, they made, made the, the, well, they made the AFC title game last the, year. Yeah, and they there lost to the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. It's just I think the Seahawks would have been a better fit personally just because with him, I mean, it's Super Bowl or bust at this point. We saw what he did last season, and now he's let's assume he's healthy. We have Jamal Adams now. I mean, this is just a lot of stars, which Russ mentioned he wanted on this team. We need more stars. We need more superstars on the defensive end. He got him, but not bringing back Clowney. It was like, ah, eh. It would have been nice for the Seahawks to get him back, but I mean, salute to him. He's with the Titans. He's happy. He's back with Mike Vabril, who he's worked with before. He's also worked with Ken Norton, as, we, as you pointed out, off wax. Yeah,
0: like, familiarity is like, whatever, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a whole weird thing. And I'm sure a few things that I mentioned, you'll mention and touch on and give more examples of how you really felt, because it was just. It's just weird. I don't understand.
0: So I looked, um, I just, I didn't know which date to start with, so I just typed in March 11th because for some reason that date sticks with me. That might be the day the NBA shut down. Uh, but from then till today when we are recording, Monday, September 7th, that is 180 days <laughs> on the nose. So he signed though, so two days ago. So I mean, give or take, 100- we're, li- we're looking 75. at 180, 175 <laughs> days of clowny watch, which is way Ridiculous. too freaking long. And that doesn't count like the combine too, because that's what we're talking about and. Like it goes it goes back pretty far. I do think free agency does ultimately come down to two things. If you if you're a team and you want a guy, you'll pay for him see i didn't do that fact check that doesn't matter i don't care if it's a quarterback defensive end lineman whatever if you want a guy you'll pay for him cap space is a myth you'll make it happen as the saints just showed us over the weekend (laughs) reportedly they're willing to like borrow some cap money from another team to get somebody like it was it's cap space is a myth like you if you want a guy you keep him or you will go get him that's just a fact second thing if you're a free agent and you want to play for that team you will didn't I mean, that, that sounds like an oversimplification, but it, it's like if we can get into the weeds of some things, if you want to play for Team X, you will go to Team X. That is it's simple, right? You won't have to like mullet or get this like bidding war going on in the media with agents or whatever behind the scenes, the GMs or whatever. Now, if you want to go there, you'll go there. <laughs> They didn't want to pay him, <laughs> he, he didn't want to go. <laughs> like it's, it's that's fine. It's cut All, and dry, right? Yeah, and it, it gets a little bit more complicated. But like, b- without trying to do a bunch of guessing and speculating, and like jumping inside Clowney's mind and jumping inside the Seahawks' mind, keeping those two things like at the top of the you know how you pin a tweet or you can pin something, pin that to the top of the conversation. They didn't want to pay him, and he didn't want to come back. Remember those things. It does make a little bit of sense. So I will. I've heard so many clowny things over this 180 <laughs> days. I try to keep uh, provide as many insights as I can. I initially heard that their offer was very low, that he came out of the gates like, yo, DeForest Buckner got that. I'm better than him, you know? Um, and then the Seahawks were like, no, you're not. Did you see your production? Yeah, it's was like, uh, says who? <laughs> Pass rush win rate don't mean nothing to us. I don't know if they said that specifically, but it was a lot lower than he expects. He's like, nah. Yeah. Right, and then everybody's lo- offer was low. No one uh, was offering the, the the twenty mil per year uh, that that he wanted. Like, I think he wanted like twenty years. Or, oh man, <laughs> I keep getting millions and <laughs> years mixed up. I don't know why. I think he wanted like eighty five million in like a four year deal or something like that, or at least at least eighty mil on a four year deal. If I'm pretty sure. Fifteen sacks, that'd be reasonable. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so, no one was was offering that. So he sits, he waits. The pandemic uh george floyd there's a lot of things that just happened where she's like okay i can kind of sit on this there's no camp anyway uh but still wants the bag then i think the only team that i was co- confident that came with something close to the bag was cleveland he's like no have you seen your quarterback I'm was <laughs> like what am i going to <laughs> cleveland for uh, i thought he would just take the money and run because i was under the impression that what he believed he was worth and what the team's cutting the checks believed he was worth, was so far off. <laughs> For real, I thought it was so far off that he was going to have to take some bargain to be on a good team. Or if he's going to get the bag, it was going to be from a bad team. I never thought there would be like, oh, you got the bag from a good team. I never thought that was going to happen. Let I me know. ask you this. What did you think
1: he was going to end up getting? Let's say he goes to a bad team. A bad team? Yes. What was your – I mean, I'm not saying you sat there one of these. like, you know what? I think he'll get this much. But if you can go back and think, oh, if he went to this bad team, how much do you think that bad team was going to be willing to pay him? And he's like,
0: you know what? Let's do it. I thought the teams like the Jets or the Giants, um, teams with new-ish coaches – Cleveland has a new coach – wanting to make a splash in free agency uh, with money to spend, which all of these teams – um, were, like, in that same – I thought either the New York teams was a possibility, and I thought that Cleveland was, like, a possibility of, like, teams who I don't think are run very well, although Cleveland's getting better, I think, um, would, like, okay, oh, you want to make a splash, you want to, like, do something big and free and see if we got the money, let's just get clowny, right? I thought that those would be the team. He would have to do that. And then I thought, okay, if you really want to play for a contender, Baltimore, Tennessee, even Philly or uh, Seattle, you're going to have to take a huge pay cut. So I thought he was kind of holding out, waiting to see if one of those good teams got desperate enough to up the bag. And I knew Seattle was never going to get that desperate. Without an injury, a serious one, like a, a Jay Reed or something like that, maybe even Benson or Bruce, like be out for the year type of thing. And yeah. I was like, oh, shoot. Now, we, But I didn't think that was that was really going to happen. If, if nothing else, if that did happen, an injury, I thought they were going to make a trade before they – just was like, here, here's 18 million bucks. Uh, <laughs> I do believe the Seahawks offer, it didn't get better, but I think they came a little bit closer to what, I think he eventually realized that, yo, I ain't going to get this 20 from nobody who's worth a damn. All right, let's try this 15 thing. But then teams were offering 15, and he was turning that down. And I, I believe the Seahawks came within that realm too, so it got really tricky. I'm just like, that's when I kind of simplified it in my head. He's no one come back. Yeah. No one come back. That was my take on it. And he G. can. He that, he can make that decision. Cool. Power do, to him. Do, yeah. Doesn't matter. Feel you. Have fun in Nashville. Here the foods. Great. You know, got homies who, who love going to Tennessee. Feel you. Uh, so, in terms of, it's tricky because I don't think the Seahawks should have, like, overpaid the free agency. But, I mean, if, if it came down to. If I they said c- they should have. Shoot. You pay that, man. If they could have got him for this tennessee contract and did not (laughs) because of reasons that they could have controlled i don't know what those would have been necessarily Mm -hmm. but if they played it wrong on any step behind the scenes because they were there all the way i heard they were talking to clowny all the way up until like last week or this this past weekend like they were they were on the phone trying to make something happen i don't know if they were throwing money around but they were on the phone if they could have controlled any of this and were able to get Clowney for one year, twelve up to fifteen, they whiffed. That's bad on their part. I don't have enough info to say that they there was variables they could control there. Because I mean, with this, the I wrote this uh, when we did a roundtable, me, um, Aaron and Joe, uh, Joe in Tennessee, Aaron in Houston. We did a roundtable about Clowney. I wrote this: so the Seahawks added Clowney with Jamal Adams, Bobby. This the secondary. Uh, that's your NFC favorite right there now they're kind of like should get there but it's you need the ball to bounce your way like if you're, there's like four teams i would say on that top tier there'd be a whole nother tier with seattle i think if they added clowny uh, that's just kind of my my opinion of it. if they could have had that for 12 mil and whiffed uh, that's bad but i i am leaning towards with you chris he didn't want their 12. I <laughs> sure want didn't. your money. I don't know. Maybe the taxes are different in Tennessee. That's I had to a look good point. At. I don't know. I got, I got to look it up. It was a messy situation for what I'm hearing. It wasn't simple. Right. He yeah. fired his agent again.
1: Well, it wasn't simple because it was a six-month-long process. That alone right. says this was not something that, you know, oh, I want to play here. Okay, let's get it done. This took over 160 days to get done at minimum. And he didn't get
0: 20-plus million. No. That's another thing. He didn't even get close. He <laughs> didn't <laughs> even get a multi-year deal. He <laughs> get a, a one-year deal. This is like a really nice prove-it deal. Pretty much. Yeah. This is like what your backup point guard in the NBA gets. Very valid. Yeah. Maybe, maybe less. I don't know. Those NBA contracts are crazy. But you get, <laughs> <you> get, <laughs> you get you this point. Yeah. <laughs> so the clowny saga is over. I'm honestly just glad it's over. I didn't really care where he signed with at, at this point. No, there was only so many ways to be like, he ain't coming. Every, I never
1: thought he was coming. Every day on the radio show. Oh, Clowney News, like, bro, we ain't, it's just going to be, reports are, he's thinking about, yeah. or he's sitting out. We have girl follow on, the for mm-hmm. Info Network, every single week. <laughs> and we had to ask about Clowney, and you every know what week? he would say? Uh, I don't have much. Nothing's changed. He's just, I don't know what he's waiting on. hes He hasn't made a deal. He hasn't said he's going to come back yet, but he's just sitting at home. I don't know. Don't have any new scoop for you.
0: This is one last thing on Clowney before I move on. This is important to remember. The Seahawks could have afforded Clowney, even at the twenty million dollar number. Especially at the start of free agency, it would have been they would have had to make some tough calls. But shoot, they did that anyway, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Dumped yeah. guys like Justin Britt. Dumped guys like DJ Fluker. Um, they probably could have afforded to not do some of the the um, RFA tenders that they did. Those are guys like Hollister at like three mil, Dave, David Moore at two, which they restructured. Restructured, yeah. yeah. He's uh, now I don't know. I think it's like one
1: point eight something like that. I. I I don't the,
0: remember. It got changed. There's some there's a signing bonus in there okay. now and then there's some incentives in there as well. I don't know the specifics of that deal, but those two things I do know according to sources. Uh <laughs> not doing doing that deal, uh the Carlos high deal is like a little expensive in terms of what was it? you What 6 million? No, nah, I think it's like 3. Okay. I'm but in that. terms of like if you're trying to really save some money for a, one guy, yeah, you got to you got to cut some, you know, that's your that's your s- number 2 running back at best. Right as you're, you're going there To Carlos uh, Let's see And you drafted A running back So yeah Carlos Guys like that Uh, The Greg Olsen deal Is kind of expensive If you look You know What's it like Seven million dollars One year Yeah so If you They could have done it Right They could have made it happen The Bruce deal Is like five and a half I actually think That's solid Uh, But it's one you po- maybe you could have negotiated cheaper. I don't know. So there was ways to definitely pay clowning and even after paying those guys, <laughs> they still c- had the money to do it because you can always manufacture cap space. You can undo some of those deals I just I just named. Those are probably all the most expensive ones. this an yeah. expensive
1: one, Clyde Olson.
0: Yeah, those are. Yeah, Bruce. Um, what was Benson's? Benson's like three mil. That's fine. Okay. Three mil's fine. That yeah, one I mean you could have also just not done that one, but I mean, that's You could do
1: you know, two mil, one point, five mil, he probably still
0: would've came to Seattle maybe. Uh yeah. No, there was definitely to ways your point, to make it happen. Exactly. That's yeah, my point. That I think well. the uh, you're looking at I mean, honestly, the the where it gets really tricky with their books is you got Demo at two at that time, Demo yep. at two, like Jacob at three, and then B Jack at like two, I think. So you're looking at like just that, like seven, seven eight million. change on three dudes who aren't going to start. It's a like lot that, of bread. Right, like, <laughs> just, just look at that right there. It's some the depth, time. but it's guys who won't even start. Meanwhile, you cut Tedrick Thompson, who's was only making two, right? So, you <laughs> know, DJ Fluker was like four, but Justin Britt was how much. I don't think cutting KJ should have been on the table to get Clowney. I think that was just, you're, you're you're fixing one problem and creating another. another, another. So I'd, I never thought that was on the table. But they had the money. That's the moral of that story. So everyone who thinks that, like, they did not – oh, the B.J. Finney deal. Oh, that's, that was a big one. That's the other one. And Brandon Shell too. They're like, there's other – they could have made the money work. They just chose not to. I don't really fault them for that. Just don't – I don't want anyone going away from this thinking the Seahawks couldn't afford Clowney. No, they didn't want to afford Clowney. Very, very big difference. That's our prerogative. We just got to make sure we look at it uh, that way. How many sacks – one last thing on Clowney. How many sacks does he get this year, Chris? Uh, I'd say seven or eight. I put the over-under at seven and a half. Where are you taking? <laughs> I'm taking the seven. So you take the under. Take the under. I will Absolutely. take the under on that as well. So good luck to him. Yeah. Good cat. All right. We got some roster news. Yes. We do. We do have some roster news that I'm going to selfishly pat myself on the back for breaking. Shout out, I Mike. I don't really get to be first on nothing big. You know, it's I get like a little minor transactions which i'm appreciative of but this one I actually got the seahawks surprisingly it's probably the only surprising cut of the weekend cut shakim griffin here's why i'm surprised shakim i thought was gonna get a legit shot to be like a defensive end and backup bruce at like strong side linebacker and I think that teams like to well, – I know Pete does. He likes to give guys an off-season to train for something. Like That's why he's big on like year two or whatever, or year three for a lot of these guys because if you think about it when you're a rookie, when you come out, you do combine training, right, for like however many weeks or months, you know. You're not focused on pass rush or route running or whatever. You're trying to get your 40 time up, trying to get your bench time up, or excuse me, you know – do the bench in time but you know what i mean like you're trying to do things that aren't football related necessarily there it's just like training for the olympics or whatever when i when you have a, re, a real off season you can go like specialize like Shaquem worked with a pass rush specialist uh some guys go work with like a route running guy or whatever you know you 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 find your niche and you go work on that craft all summer or whatever and then you come back and we see what you can do with it i thought he would get that shot and they were like nah so i was like legit Legit shocked there. And that was actually one of the ones where people seemed, like, hurt by that. Did you see some of the feedback on yeah, that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, he was the biggest story for that draft. When you th- go back and look at it, I mean. Who was he, the first pick in that draft? Was that Baker? I, bel- oh, man. I believe
0: yeah. it was Baker. Yeah, I think Baker and Shaquem are probably two of the biggest guys in that draft.
1: But it was the story. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, He does. He's missing a hand. The odds are stacked against him. Didn't
0: get a combine invite initially. I mean,
1: there's just a a lot that happened with him. And his brother is already in the league. And if you've been following them or knew just a little bit about them, you knew how important their relationship was. And if any team is going to make a history, make history, make a big move, it's going to be the Seahawks. And for them to go out and draft him in the fifth round, when they did, how they did it, and to bring him with his brother – I mean, that was touching lot. It's alone. an
0: amazing story, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that pulled out everybody's heartstrings. Yep, yep, and yep. And now you're, you know, is he going to make the team? You know, th- again, the odds are already stacked against him, right? I mean, you look at the Seahawks roster going in that year, it's not going to be easy. He's a fifth-round pick. It's not guaranteed to make the team. He's no. going to have to work just as hard. Right. But he makes the team. And, he, you know, he gets out there and plays week one. and okay, no, that, not, that didn't he, go he, it, well. He wasn't ready yet, and that's fair. I mean, you're just throwing him out there to the wolves, and he's just not ready. Yeah, but that was weird. But he got yeah, go better ahead. week by week, month by month. You know what? He's in, he's in, he's improved. He's someone that could be useful in the past. We saw him and his brother for the first time. Not sure if this is accurate, but it looked like maybe in first time NFL history were two brothers combined for a sack. I'm pretty sure that's the first time this. I'm sacked. pretty sure it is too, but I don't know how to find that stat or just type in brothers that get sacks. I don't know. I think that someone might have
0: tweeted it out. Anyway, I, let's go with that. If someone <laughs> calls us on it, if we're wrong, but I'm pretty sure. I, that's I the first that. time ever that that's happened.
1: Yeah. I mean, and for me personally, when I read that he was cut, I kind of saw this happening just because of how deep this roster is on the D-line. I mean, they got a lot of death pieces. I believe that he would also end up on the practice squad. I didn't think he was going to get cut, and that was it. There was just too much attached to it. The Seahawks know how important the relationship between Shaquille and Shaquem are. I just had a feeling that they're going to bring him back, and he'll be on the practice squad with a chance to prove himself and get back to it and get back on the field. He's just going to have to work even harder now, and I know he's going to be up for it. And it's an opportunity for him. I mean, he can get stronger now. He can work on his game a lot more. This is actually probably going to benefit him because I don't – I mean – How much does he weigh? A hundred and... Nah, he's he's in the twos. He's in the twos?
0: He's listed at 227, but I don't think he's 227. So we'll say... I'm not going to even guess how much he weighs. I think Pete said at one point he was rushing at like 213 or something like that. So he's probably 205 or something, to be real. He put on some weight in the offseason, but I never asked him. Okay. He's already undersized, but I really believe
1: in two, three years, he can be a vital piece to this team because he's really quick and fast. And he knows how to use his body. He can dip low. I mean, he's just a... He's lightning. He's faster than Shaquille when he
0: ran the 40. I mean, that says enough right there. <laughs> yeah, no. It, it, th- th- there is room. Well, okay. So, here's why it sucks to be on the practice squad. Right. Um, there is
1: definitely downsides to it, yeah. for sure.
0: Well, here's the risk that Seattle was willing to take as well. Because when you cut a guy that's not a veteran, a vested veteran, <laughs> which is like four they or more years, snagged. they hit the waiver wire. Yep. Right? When you hit the waiver wire, anyone who plays fantasy, you know, you can claim a guy. Yep. And he's yours now. So, they took that risk. They figured, we're willing to give the other 31 teams a shot at this guy. Yeah. Um, and that's so that's what goes into like cutting guys as well like even if they didn't think he was necessarily better than like a ben burkirvan but they kind of had a feeling that like mm, if we cut B- bbk arizona's gonna scoop him yeah right or the ravens or whatever right the, you kind of have that intel that you're supposed to gather i thought it was very shocking that considering his profile mm-hmm. um, and the last time he was on tape which tape is very important this year because in the preseason the last time he was on tape He sacked Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So I thought those two things there, like, considering how big of a deal he is, and the fact that the last time he – like, if you're like, oh, let's check the tape on this guy. Oh, last time he played, he had a sack in a big – in a fourth quarter of a divisional game, game, right? So a divisional round of the playoffs. So – I thought they were really taking a huge gamble. That is true. There. That anyway, was risky. It could have backfired. There were some people there I was talking to over the weekend like, oh, do you think it will get picked up? And I was like, ah, uh, it's not like a, I didn't think half the league would be vying for it. but it only takes one team, mm-hmm. right? So – I thought that teams that run like a three-four maybe needed an outside linebacker at that spot. Maybe need a backup three-four outside linebacker. Chiefs or uh, something. Okay. Yeah, uh, Chiefs switched from a three-four. Now they're 4-3. in four-three. Okay. I don't. I don't know how many teams run three-four anymore. But I'm just saying that's the type of team I yep. thought would maybe be, be interested. Um, that something didn't happen. Like that. Yeah. The downside of the practice squad, for someone like Shakeem is you run into the possibility that. Uh, so like I said, the practice squad sixteen guys. Four of those guys you can protect every week so that no team can snatch them to their roster. And I think Mm -hmm. you have to declare that like this week, the Seahawks have to declare it Tuesday. Tuesday by like one o'clock Pacific, you have to declare, like, hey, you can't, no one can sign Shaquem, Cedric Lattimore, Aaron Fuller, Aaron Fuller, and Danny Etling. And yeah, and and, uh, yeah, our our Thursday, yeah, you actually probably should. Just uh, so yeah. protect your QB. <laughs> just, just every to be week. Sure. Yeah, just get in a case. QB on there. That's a good point. So let's say they do that. Well, I don't think there's a limit on that. Okay. So effectively, you can lower a guy's salary, keep him, and protect him.
1: And they're not making that much to begin right. with.
0: And when you're on the practice squ- and you're not playing him, so only you have the intel on him. Uh and and uh when you're on the practice squad, you don't spend a lot of time working on what you do. Because you have to pretend to be the other Routine. guys your every scout week. Team. Right. Like, I remember <laughs> talking to Tedrick Thompson about the practice squad his rookie year, and was like, man, I played receiver a lot, right? Because they needed to simulate whoever. Well, that ruins right.
1: my point of improving your game on the practice squad. It's board. very
0: hard to get better at what you are tasked to do because, like, yeah, you could be a running back on the practice squad or whatever, but maybe this week they need you to pretend to be – Dante Fowler, because that's just how you're built. I don't know. It's just a name, right? Maybe you have to pretend to be Leighton Van Der Esch or whatever, because they need to simulate where he's going to be on the field when they play the Cowboys. You know, you get what I'm saying. So yep. you don't get a lot of time to really in practice work on what you are supposed to be doing. You do a lot of special teams and you do a lot of whatever else you got to do to get the, other, the starters prepared for the week. So it's actually a practice squad for someone like Shaquin who's used to being on the, the team. It's a pretty crappy situation and because you can protect guys it gets even worse because basically that means that we can have a 54th guy for 12 g's yeah a week actually no shakim's less than three years so i think he might be a like a 54th or 55th guy quote unquote for like eight g's man as opposed to whatever he was going to make a week like 40 or 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 whatever so it's a tough blow i I felt bad for him on all those fronts it's like ooh, that's that that's kind of unfortunate. Then I thought about what it could mean for someone like Shaquille, because like you said, they're inseparable. They wrote a book called Inseparable. They live together. They do everything together. They got the same hair. They got the same tattoos on I think on one arm. Like they grew up together. Shaquille has already shown that he will sacrifice if it means being closer to his brother, which he did coming out of high school or coming out of yeah coming out of high school. Teams are calling. I think maybe uh, Florida, maybe I think the University of Miami might have came. It was like, hey, we'll take you, but we won't take your brother. It was like, well, okay, kick rocks, right? I need to be with my brother. I'm only going to sign with someone who gives my brother a scholarship. Now, I think that's a little more difficult uh, in the NFL. You can't just, like, I'm only going to sign with you guys if you <laughs> sign my brother. They'll be like, man, screw that. We don't want him. Yeah. <laughs> like, for, you know, you're not that good to do that, right? I, I think that he would run into that. But the fact that he has that in his background, he's willing to make that sacrifice to be with his brother. Seahawks got to take that into account too. Like, it's just CB1, right? The CB1 money just went up. Who just got paid? Um, Tredavious White. Just got paid from the Bills. 17.5. Like you know, for Shaquille, you're looking at that. Like, there's so many factors in there with waving Shaquille. And uh, plus, I thought there was other guys that he could have cut. I never had them. That keep, is true. I never had them keeping um, a my 53. I didn't have them keeping Ben Brookervin, who I think yeah, is a, that was, a nice cat. That was shocking because
1: I, I saw that in your story and I was like, eh, he could make it just because. He's actually talented. I mean, we know he's talented. He just doesn't have any – they don't have anything to practice on. There's no game that they can go out and prove that – like, Shakim didn't have an opportunity to prove that he is worth to being on the team as opposed to being on the practice squad. He just didn't have that shot because there was no preseason. You can only do so much in practice.
0: Well, yeah, and then Ben only played four defensive snaps last year. And then so, well, here's the other thing. Ben plays mostly weak side linebacker. I think he's been doing a little Mike stuff on, like, the third team, but Mike linebacker that – I mean, so, but either way, I think if you're the Seahawks, this is kind of how you look at your linebacker depth. You say, hey, we need a middle linebacker, a strong side linebacker, and a weak side linebacker. And we need backups for all three of those guys who are competent. Cool. You got Cody Barton to back up Bobby. You got Jordan Brooks to back up KJ. And you got Shaquem to back up Bruce. Somebody's got to be the odd man now. Thought it would be BBK, and it was not. Um, so that was an interesting one. Uh, I thought they didn't need four tight ends. They still have four with Luke Wilson, Jacob yeah. Hollister, uh, G-Reg, and – um No, 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 no. Uncle Will, Will, Will Disley. Disley. So I th- I thought that was interesting that they uh, made that move. Will, or excuse me, Luke Wilson is someone who's a veteran. So you could have easily been like, hey, Luke, we love you. We got to dump you, but stay around, right? You know, like we don't have to subject you to waivers because the waiver part is huge. You don't know what the other 31 teams are going to yeah, do. They'll pick you up. You don't know what their injury situation looks like. They could have a guy pull a hamstring in his last last practice and like, oh, all of a sudden this team needs a linebacker. You just lost the guy you thought you were going to get back. I think that happened with them with uh, – I think Gary Jennings, maybe Austin calitro, They had a guy that they claim that they cut, who they didn't think would get claimed. I think it was calitro uh, Who was another guy that they kept initially? Oh, Lyndon Stevens, the cornerback uh, who who made it. He eventually got waived, but he was another dude I was like, huh. You probably could have put him on the wire. Maybe that was that was my thought. I mean, either way, Shaquem's back. But I yeah. think for someone like him, um, is there anyone else they uh, put on the practice squad that's not usually a practice squad guy? All right, what about Penny Hart? Uh, no, nah, he's he's been up and down, I think, but he's mostly like he doesn't have like Shakim. Shakim's played in games.
1: Yeah, I guess he would. I guess Shaquem is probably because that's because.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it. No one's really like had any serious burn. Um, yeah, besides Shakim. Right, so that's a. T- Everybody the pra- else is rookies. Like the uh, so let's say there's 16 guys on the practice on the practice squad, 15 of them are like cool. I'm still in the NFL. Yeah. Whereas Shaquem's like, dang, I got it demoted, right? And that's. I don't know if he's like that. I would just assume. I haven't talked to him or anything. But that that's a tough reality uh, for him. I don't think it had anything to do with... I don't think it had anything to do with him like being too small... Or whatever. I really just think they figured, hey, we can probably get a fifty fourth or fifty fifth guy out of this for eight G's. <laughs> the yeah. NFL teams are cruel in that way. Because if you're an NFL team, like what's the difference in paying a forty Gs a week, eight Gs a week? I mean, come on, you're an it's NFL NFL. It's a
1: business move, man. The
0: Seahawks went all business on this one. That would be my guess. I, I'm not reporting that officially. No one's told me that. Yep. I'm just that would be my guess. I mean, my guess on it. So we'll we'll see. The rest of the roster wasn't that shocking, other than the P rich move.
1: That was weird. I, they, but. We talked about it off wax, but yeah, that was kind of, dang, they brought in P, Witch. I'm thinking, oh, okay. I guess Josh Gordon, the door's closed, and then boom, news on him.
0: So that's, glad you brought up Josh. That's my theory. There. I got two theories, kind of. Theory one. Let me get my theory. I need a theory hat for the show. <laughs> like conspiracy theorist Mike segment. Uh, my, my guess would be that they signed Paul Richardson with the thought that they weren't going to have Josh Gordon. That it just wasn't going to be a thing. They didn't have any... Have any updates on that? And then they got a hunch of some sort after, like, hey, either this is where the two theories come in. First theory is, hey, someone else is going to sign Josh if you do not very soon. I don't know what team. they would Let's say, like, the Niners because all their receivers are hurt, I believe, like all of them. <laughs> I think they have, like, one healthy receiver, I feel like. Thankfully, they have George Kittle. Uh, and Jimmy G can't throw anyway, so it doesn't matter. But let's say, like, oh, you hear, oh, man, hey, John, the, the Niners are about to sign Josh if you don't. Okay, cool. Where's Josh at? Is he still <laughs> in Bellevue? Hey, let's get him down here and sign this deal. Uh, that's theory one. The other theory is it's just like they get some type of assurance from someone in the league. The league won't confirm this, but someone says, hey, he'll be reinstated. So if you want to go, we're just kind of drawing at the paperwork, getting the, getting the conditions of the reinstatement finalized, it's going to be a thing. Cool. We sign him. Hey, P. Rich, sorry about that. Love you. Here's the $75,000 signing bonus we gave you. Hope you didn't buy a Tesla. Right? Uh, I don't know what he did with the money. Uh, here you go. Love you. Keep in touch. Don't call us. We'll call you. I, that would be my get. Otherwise, I mean, Chris, how else do you justify like, cut signing a dude Sunday and cutting him Saturday after he practices one time? It's yeah. not in pads. Like, P. Rich didn't look terrible in the one practice.
1: Yeah. Not enough to just cut him. Yeah, it's one of those things where we... This player we believe is much better in the upside, and we liked what he brought, with us, what he had, what he did with for us last season with the production, the time we gave him, and in that situation, it just comes down to, yeah, we're gonna roll with Josh Gordon here, and we're sorry about that, but you understand it's a business move, and
0: this is where this, this is the move we're gonna go with. And for what it's worth, I don't know if he'll be reinstated. I I just don't. I haven't heard anything about it, uh, but I would guess that the Seahawks are not just gonna sign Josh um, and make it public that they're like. Oh hey, Josh is back without like any inclination that he's gonna be able to play. Pete says they're like crossing their fingers and they haven't been told anything, but I have a hunch that like they, they were told something behind some, yeah, you know, they the made text, that move. yeah, behind closed doors or something, and this is an interesting one, uh, Chris. I'm gonna see what you think about this. With the, the roster as currently constructed, okay. Let's say they get Josh. Yep. Right. Let's say they keep seven receivers, like let's say they dump someone else when they get Josh. So they keep Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Phillip, David, Freddie. John? John Ursua, and then they got they got Flash. They have Will Disley, they have Greg Olson, and they have Chris Carson. And Carlos, let's throw Carlos Hyde in this too. Is this the best set of weapons Russell Wilson has ever had? Not only uh, I can bring up pull up some other rosters if you would like.
1: No, I'm thinking um. in my head, just before Tyler Lockett, Baldwin, Jermaine Kurz. Man. No disrespect to the ones before him, but I think yes. When you look at what Tyler Lockett has been doing these past three seasons, I mean, he has Mike jumping up a joy, top 10 route runner. Because he is, but go ahead. (laughs) You have DK Metcalf, who has proven to be a force, Mm -hmm. a problem. And he was second in receiving yards last year, only to, who was it? To to Tyler. No, I'm talking about in – out of all the rookies, he was second. Oh, AJ right? Brown had a thousand. AJ, so he was third then because what's his name beat him up by I think like seven yards or so. Terry McLaurin, no homeboy with the Niners. I'm forgetting his name. Oh, uh, Debo. Debo, yeah. D- did Terry not have more than? I don't think Terry did actually. I think Terry I, was really I swear good last DK year. DK was number three. He was third because I thought. Anyway. It was. All I'm saying is, the upside with this unit wide receiver wise is scary. And then you Terry add, had more. Terry had more. Terry so. had
0: 919. I think DK had an even 900.
1: Okay, so uh, he was third or fourth. Long story short, D.K., Tyler, Phillip, Debo had 800. Sorry to keep cutting you off. No, you're good. Those weapons that he has, along with a healthy running back in Chris Carson and a tight end, whether it be Greg Olsen or Will Disley, he has weapons. Now it's how the Seahawks want to use those weapons. If they're just going to hand the ball off the whole game, I don't know if Russ is going to be able to throw the ball to D.K., throw the ball to Ty Lockett, throw the ball to Greg Olson, get Phillip Dorsett running around, deep passes. But with the weapons they do have, I think they're going to tap into hopefully something new with their <laughs> offense. And I touched on this last season when I'm saying, you know, if Ty Lockett, mix it up. Don't just have him running streaks and posts. Let's have him. Let's do a screen for Ty Lockett. Let's get guys going down full blocking for him because I believe he's fast enough and he's quick to get in and out. Let's do that with DK, who is also pretty physical. He's 6'3", and he's built like, the dude's from 300. Why don't, mm-hmm. why don't you just call Hike and throw it to him one-on-one with a DB that's, if you're lucky, he's 200 pounds. I mean, these are the matches that you can do with DK, and I want to see more of that. And the weapons that he has should allow Russ to do so. I don't want to see handoffs the whole game. Let's mix it up. Shoddy, get, get shoddy with it, okay? that That's going to be something I'm going to bring in. Get shoddy with it. Get get. Let's see something new. I don't want to just see i formation information, handoff to Chris Carson, gain of six, Third and you know second down they run it again it's now third and five and they're gonna run it again try to get a first down no let's first play of the game let's see let's see what this defense is looking like DK let's let's get a stop and go Philip Dorsett let's hit a post corner Ty Lockett let's do a corner route these are things I want to see and they have the weapons to do it will they actually try it will they go out and risk things you see the defense they're making slight adjustments you wrote about how Jamal Adams was blitzing. Well, shoot, that's great. Yeah. Keep it on. Let's do that on the offensive side as well. Let's mix things up there. Let's not just be one-dimensional. Let's see. Oh, wow. The Seahawks got a flea flicker. What in the hell? <laughs> things of that nature. Yeah. He yeah. has the weapons. So I would say unequivocally, this is the best weapons that Russ has had. What do you think? Fellas. It's about that time to unveil your summer body. Well, are you even prepared to show off the summer body? Beaches are opening up. The sun is out. Stay six feet apart from everyone. And also, Manscaped is here to make sure that your body is ready for the wild, whether that be at the beaches, you name it. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. Yes, you heard that right level up your full body grooming game they have forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0 you also find the crop reviver a below the belt toner that's designed to give you a pep in your step and a great smell how could you turn all that down get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code theathletic20 at manscaped.com and for a limited time subscribers get not one but two free gifts the shed travel bag $39 value and the patented High performance anti shaping Manscaped boxer briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code TheAthletic20.
0: Yeah, I think I, I was thinking about this last night when I was doing Monday musings. Uh, the 2017 group on paper was really solid. The 2017 group has Doug, uh, Jimmy Graham, who I know people don't like Jimmy. But Jimmy was good, really like good. good. Yeah, one Jimmy of the had best ten tight ends th- ever. He had, t- he had ten touchdowns that year. P. Rich was really good that year, had seven hundred yards and six touchdowns. Uh, the person who was bringing up the rear was Tyler. Actually, Tyler had five hundred fifty-five yards and just two touchdowns, and I think he didn't score a touchdown until like week thirteen or something. But I mean, you're looking at Doug, Jimmy, Tyler, and P. Rich. That's that's good too. And they had some other. They had Chris Carson that year, but he got hurt uh their other tight end th- they didn't have as much depth as this group maybe not have but they had i liked mike davis mike davis was good uh too good pass catcher really mike was uh and then jd mckissick uh year two also a good a good weapon i don't know if they used him right but he was a good weapon like he had as many touchdowns as tyler that year uh he had two so i i thought it was close i think it's closer than uh the running game is not like great this year this year is actually really bad for the run game because I think the arrest is the only one who scored a rushing touchdown. Maybe J.D. McKissick had one. But I th- I think th- it's close. I think we forget that entering that year, they had Doug, Jimmy, Tyler, P. Rich, and Curse, and they traded Curse, but, like, man, that's actually pretty solid. Yeah. You know, we just didn't know what to – we were probably more focused on the defensive side of the ball at that time, which makes sense because Legion of Boom was mm-hmm. still intact, and they uh, they traded for Sheldon Richardson that year. So there was a lot going on. Yeah. But just from, like, a weaponry standpoint – no, that was that was pretty solid. I think Russ leads the league in touchdown passes this season, uh, or he did in twenty seventeen. I'm pretty sure. Double check that. Uh, but yeah, he had a good year. But yeah, this twenty twenty one with Josh Gordon, I think it, the the ceiling for a Josh Gordon is pretty crazy. The ceiling for a DK is pretty crazy. Uh, we've kind of already seen what I think is Tyler's ceiling, uh, which is still really high. And I think if they get a full year Will Disley and Greg Olson, that's probably the best one two combination they've ever had at tight end. Yeah, and like, I think Chris Carson's a really underrated pass catcher. I think he's really, really, really good. I think, like, I don't think there's much to show that Chris is, like, any worse at it than, like, this will sound crazy. But, like, McCaffrey or Zeke or Saquon, I I think he's just as good as those guys at catching the rock. Like, he's really good. And he runs through people. So when you give him the ball, he's going to do the same things that those other guys are. He's just not as fast as all those other guys I just named. That's the big difference. Yeah, I I think it's really close. Twenty seventeen would be my vote. I don't know. Am I missing twenty fifteen? Were they stacked up or something like that? I don't think so. I think twenty seventeen is good because P Rich was really good that year. And he like pushes them over the to top in terms of having a third guy. So I don't think P Rich did much his uh in that twenty fifteen year when Russ was really good. I know they had Jimmy, they had Doug, they had Lockett, they had Curse, and I think it kinda like they had Marshawn. Obviously Thomas Rawls went off. Twenty fifteen was a good one too. That was a good one too. But I'll go with twenty twenty. Having yeah, jo- having Josh Gordon and DK is two guys whose ceilings are higher than anyone Russ has ever had. Specifically DK. And that says a lot right there. Uh yeah. <laughs> I think Josh has probably we've probably seen his ceiling already and it, he's probably not gonna hit it again, which is fine. But DK, that kid's what, twenty three? Twenty Yeah. whatever it is. Young he's kid. young. <laughs> so yeah, I would I would I would go with them. Sky's the limit. Uh, yeah. I think they should. I mean, I think they'll get more creative, like you're saying too. Uh, that's the
1: hope, Mike, because they do have these weapons that you can utilize a lot more than just staying to what you've been doing for the past ten years.
0: Well, they got to be good at it too. That's
1: true, but you only can get good at it if you practice it and do it in games. Yeah, you, and can't, you can't be can't like ah, deliver. We're a little afraid to try new things. We have what we do, and we're really good at it. Okay, that's great, but you also have someone who's 22 or 23 that is lightning fast. Clearly he's been working out and doing what he needs to do, getting prepared for this season. Use him. You have Tyler Lockett, who only is going to make things a lot easier for DK. Use him. You have a running back who, if healthy, is one of the best in the league. Use him in the pass game, in the run game. All these things you can do. But, yeah, going to 2015 – Doug Baldwin, Jermaine Curse Ty Lockett, Jimmy Graham, Fred Jackson, even, you know, don't forget about him.
0: <laughs> nah, I'm going to forget about Fred. I'm going to forget about him. T. Rawls was the best. T. Rawls, I think, led the league in, like, uh, I know yards per carry is not great, but, like, he came out just smoking uh, in, 20, in 2015. To Shoddy's credit, I will say this. He he has tried some things. Um, I mean, like, he he handed the ball to DK last year. Uh, so he's tried. I mean, even the, the play to DK that wins the Eagles game, that was actually a really good design. It's a fake screen with a goal yeah. in it too so you gotta like Russ has gotta like really just uh, sell, sell it. it and then yep.
1: let it fly and the hope is that you have ran that earlier so that way they bite I don't know if they I did I don't know if they did I don't remember but that's a good I mean that's more that's more we gotta do this year first game why not do that like right off the bat you know uh, run a screenplay yeah play, you can try it run a screenplay in the first quarter then in the third quarter you know fake like you run that screenplay oh DK
0: yeah, and then and then run that. They've 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 tried to run a a Tyler reverse pass. Uh, it didn't work. Did not the work. The Packers <laughs> sniffed it out, and he had to just run it. <laughs> Tyler's had a bunch of carries uh, as well. They don't do a lot of screens. That is the one thing.
1: That's that w- I ha- I think we had a poc- We did an episode last year where I complained about that for about ten minutes. They
0: they've they don't do them with the people I think they should do them with. Like I think uh, they did they've done some with Rashad yeah. that i have worked really well. They did some with Mike Davis that worked really well. Rashad actually I think tore his ACL on a screen. Uh, the Eagles, yeah. No, no, no. Against uh, the Rams. I remember, like, okay. I think he had family there because he's from L.A. That was really sad uh, that he did that. But I, I give Shadi some credit. He's only working with so much. For, like Pete, Pete's overseer. He's the overseer. Yep. Uh, but I just wanted to know about the weapons question. If anyone else thinks there's another year that could compete, let us know. But I think healthy Disley changes a lot too. I think healthy Disley is a, like a top ten tight end, probably. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Greg Olson's probably like a top fifteen. If like he's healthy, he's definitely top 10. Yeah, he's – Greg Olsen. I don't know – Yeah, maybe. Greg Olsen gets jiggy with it. The, the tier of tight ends kind of falls off pretty hard right after, I would say, Kelsey, Kittle, Kittle. Ertz, and maybe Darren Waller. After that, it just Man. it drops to, <laughs> Tremendously. like uh, – like, <laughs> Kevin Rudolph. Uh, yeah, Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph, excuse uh, me. Austin Hooper, however many tight ends the Ravens have, Mark Andrews, guys like that. I think there's another drop off there, and then, like, maybe Greg's in there. I don't know. I'd have to really map out the tight end thing. I don't know where to put like Gronk right now, Hunter Henry. I don't really know where to put those Hawkinson. I have no idea what to do with them. We'll see. But I thought that was interesting. I was thinking about it last night. I was also thinking about last night before we get to, uh want to close on something related to social justice the Seahawks are doing. I was thinking about some of the Seahawks off season moves. Cause now we kind of have the whole picture, right? Like, We know what their D-line looks like, their O-line. They put Phil Haynes on IR. I don't know. It doesn't really affect things too much. Uh, But now that we kind of have the whole picture, Chris, their moves didn't really pan out that well. I mean, we'll see with TBD on some of them. Like a TBD move would be like Jaren Reed, giving him two years, 23. I don't know how that will pan out. If they get the 2018 version of Jaren Reed, great. yeah, Perfect deal. Uh, If you get the 2019 version of Jaren Reed, Probably not a good deal. Probably an overpay. So we'll see. I don't know. That one's a TBD. But, like, the, they chose to let Quentin Jefferson walk to the Bills for, like, he got, like, $6.5 guaranteed or something like that. I think it's a two-year, $30 million deal. And they, I, I'm assuming they did that to because they believe in LJ and Rasheem and B-Jack to some extent, who are all kind of like the five tech guys who can move inside that Michael Bennett type of role. A. Uh, Looking at what they did with the money they saved there, because uh, L.J., B-Jack, and Rashim are all a lot cheaper than what Qu- Quentin got. I don't know if, like, looking at what they eventually did with the money, which is a lot of nothing. Uh, I don't know if that was still a good move. Like, you could say like, ah, oh, Quentin maybe is a little too expensive, but it's just like, what else did you use that money for? Quentin helps you win this year, I think. So I don't, I don't know about that one. Uh, the B.J. Finney move now doesn't look great. Because he's not even the starter, so you're giving
1: they him paid f- him. They they sent some money for that man. Yeah, I
0: think is a two is two years worth up to nine and a half. I think, right. but it's getting it's like two, it's a two year eight million dollar deal that's worth he can make some more. He won't probably make that because he's not even starting, yeah. right? He lost the job to Ethan Posick. That's four and a half million dollars guaranteed right there over two years. So I don't like that one in hindsight. I I try to be fair to them in my Monday musings. I don't know how much of that is their fault like did they do the intel and could they have foreseen that bj was not going to pick up the system how the hell they supposed to know i don't know they just asked big ben hey what do you think oh he's a good guy all right cool (laughs) i don't know i don't know what the vetting process was like there this is all like pre-pandemic-y too so you just there's a lot of factors there i'm not entirely sure how much blame the front office should get they should get some blame though because they signed a check signed a check it's your fault there was another one i was oh the brandon shell move this one so I'm not gonna pretend that I know how to gauge right tackle play based on a bunch of padless practices, right? With no live tackling and it's hard to judge O line play really because, well, they can't touch the quarterback. Right? So we don't know what would have been a sack and what wouldn't be. As much as I like to say there was a sack in practice, quote unquote, we learned from guys like Deshaun Watson and Russell you could have a B line on these dudes and miss. Remember that play in the uh, playoffs with Houston and uh, Buffalo? Sean had two dudes. <laughs> oh, they sandwiched him. Like, th- those are the type of plays that in practice would be like, oh, it was a sack. Well, no. It wasn't. You had to, you had to actually get him to the ground, right? It's a lot easier, harder than you, than you would uh, imagine. So I said to say, I don't know how good BJ- Brandon Schell is. Don't know how good he'll be. I do know how good he's been in the past. And that is not very good. Right, So then you're asking me to give the Seahawks the benefit of the doubt that you're going to take a guy who was not good, who lost his job in his final year of his rookie deal, and you're going to make him an above-average starter. I don't trust them to do that.
1: And isn't Abouye
0: uh, starting? No, it'll be Shell. It'll be Shell? It'll be Shell. Shell wow. at right tackle. Yeah. Okay. So they're, they're asking me to do that. I don't have the faith in them. It has nothing to do with Shell, really, as a person. I just don't trust the Seahawks to take a guy who was not good somewhere that washed out and make you – Dude, right? I think it's different than some guys like IU Potty or DJ Fluker who they were good where they were, right? They just have injury problems, which they had here, right? So, I don't think this is the same scenario. I think Mike Solari is a better O line coach than like Tom Cable, but I still don't give the Seahawks organization the benefit of the doubt there. The other part is we keep uh, comparing the Brandon Shell to a (laughs) Fetty. It doesn't work like that. It's (laughs) not about, and I wrote this too, it's not about did the O-line improve in terms of gauging free agency? It's about, did they get as good as they possibly could be? And the answer is no, right? Because there was other right tackles on the market there. Who uh, There was the big one that, that got a lot of money. Was it Conklin? Jack Conklin, I think, got the bag from somebody. That, I can understand, maybe not wanting to pay that. That was a lot of money for your right tackle. I think it's an important position, but I understand. The other one was, I think, Brian Belaga from the Packers who got, what, $30 million over three years from the Chargers. So, I mean, if if you could have done something like that, I think that's a better use of resources because he's an objectively better player than Brandon. right? He didn't wash out of Green Bay. Uh, he's a better player. It's more expensive, but you have your franchise guy right here and you can keep him upright. Right? That, that's what I thought the comparison should be. It's like, oh, did they get better? Is still is better than the Fetty? Well, according to you guys, it's the lowest bar there is to be better than the Fetty. Chris, people probably think me and you are better than the Fetty. Yeah, it's right? like they Which disrespect just, that man. Yeah, oh, the disrespect to Jermaine is ridiculous. Um, but that's that's not the bar you should be using. The bar you should be using is, hey, did we get the best possible right tackle we could within our price range to protect our guy? The answer is no. So, like, in hindsight, the only move that really looks good from the offseason is what? Trading for Quentin? That, no, it was actually
1: Jamal Adams. Oh, well, yeah. Jamal, I, I
0: was kind of excluded Jamal from this because we don't know what the first-round picks will look like. I don't know. But, yeah, I think the Jamal deal, you need, you need to win. I've, we've already talked about that deal. The other deals, in hindsight, the only one that I think looks really good is Quentin. He gave a fifth-round pick for a starting corner, making three mil. Yeah. That's solid. Yeah. I, I think he's their highest-paid corner right now. But, I mean, that's well he's, worth it. he's older, too. Like Shaq and Trey are both on rookie deals. Yeah, that – I'm going to continue to be critical of their offseason in that way, but – I think that I just want to note that because it shouldn't go overlooked. Because, I mean, am I missing a move here? I don't think any of those look good in hindsight. No. Really, We'll see on the LJ and uh, Rashim over Quentin Jefferson thing. But I don't think that had to be an either or, you know. yeah, It could have had LJ, Quentin, and Rashim. Something Why not? Like that? Yeah. It'd be ex- more expensive, but it'd be better.
1: Speaking of the offseason, we actually got a question. This is from Jeff at Excessive Farce. He wants to know: Was this the worst off-season of the Pete Carroll, John Schneider era? Failure to address pass rush, weird draft, mortgage failure with Jamal Adams somehow spending 60 million cash space without adding any real impact
0: players. Um, I wouldn't look at it as well. I disagree with the impact. The well, impact is subjective, right? Like how you are impactful relative to your uh your price tag. Like I think Bruce would probably be worth the money this year. Um, I think Quentin will be. Oh, I guess they didn't spend money on him. Who else did they spend money on? I think Greg Olson will be good. I don't know if it'll be like seven million dollars. Uh, good. I mean, yeah, you just heard me kind of be critical of the off season. I thought I thought they placed too much value on certain cats. Like I thought some of those RFA tenders were way too expensive. I don't know if it's the worst. What's some other bad off seasons they had? Let's see. Last offseason was solid, wasn't that? Trading for Clowney, trading a third-round pick. Well, the Clowney deal doesn't look great in hindsight either. You just borrowed Clowney and gave up a third-round pick and Jacob Martin. So I don't know about that. Nah, actually, I would have done that. I would have done that. That's fine. That's worth a one-year rental on Clowney. 2017 offseason wasn't great now that I think about it. That's the one where they, I think they they pay Eddie Lacy. Oh, they with the pay incentives. Luke, they pay Luke Jokel which was a bad deal. They pay O'Dea Bushi. It's another bad deal. Uh, Malik McDowell hurts his face that year. Like, th- the offseason was not great, but they also get Chris Carson, Shaq, and Demo out of that, too. And Nas Jones was solid that year, too. So the draft, the draft was okay. I don't remember free agency being great at the time. They usually don't spend a lot of money in free agency, so it's hard to be, like, really bad. But this year, I thought... I was like indifferent, maybe to start free agency, and now looking at the whole thing, I just don't, I I don't feel great about it. The Jamal auto trade is good though. Yeah, that that kind of just like, honestly, trading for Jamal and Quentin, if you end up having the best secondary in the league, it's a pretty damn good off season. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think those guys are gonna help uh, the D line be a lot better too. I I made this point. When I said that the Seahawks are probably gonna go, should go to the Super Bowl, everyone thinks like, oh, our corners are gonna have to cover forever. I, I do you know how much time? Like when you say uh, how much time it is from the snap to the throw? About three, two, two to three seconds. Two to three seconds. I think the leader last year was like Kirk Cousins. His, his average, his average time to throw was like three seconds. Like he had the longest. I think it's not that much difference between a sack and getting the ball out of your hands. It's really, it's hundredths of a second. It's, it's not like, oh, we have to cover for centuries now. Like, even last year, they, they weren't covering forever. They just weren't covering well. <laughs> that was the problem. Yeah. So, and I also think that people only equate a good pass defense with uh, your D-line. No. A good pass defense can be anywhere. It can be, like, really good secondary, corner safeties, wherever. It all needs to just, you know, work together as is. So, I mean, how many snaps are in a game? 80 something. Yep. How many sacks are you probably going to get? Like two? Or how many of those are going to be pass plays? Like let's say, like 45. 30, of them. Let's say 45. Okay. 45 dropbacks yep. in a game. Maybe you get two sacks, right? So that means 40 other times the ball got out of the quarterback's hands. I don't fault a team who's going to be like, hey, yo, let's, let's be the best we can be at. at Creating bad things for the offense when the guy does get it out of his hands, right? Because he's going to get it out of his hands. It's just we're not going to sack him every play. I don't care if we have Joey Bosa, Aaron Donald, both Bosa's, and Melvin Ingram or something. You're just not going to get to the quarterback every time, right? So if your idea is, all right, when when they do get the ball out of their hands, we knock it down. We pick it. We hit the hell out of them. Something, right? That's going to happen more often than not, and I think you can create a good – Passing defense that way. I think the Patriots have been doing that for years. Chris, when was the last time the Patriots paid somebody on the D-line?
1: Well, that's just been the Patriot way, which I thought the structure were trying years, to years, right? Yeah. That was the
0: last time they paid somebody? They let go of what? Chandler Jones? They, they let don't, go of Trey Flowers? They don't pay
1: anybody. They restructure everything and make it about the team. And they well, figure it out from there.
0: Well, they paid, I feel like they paid secondary guys. Not, not, not like guys who are lesser than. I mean like guys who are DBs. Like I feel like they've been one of the teams that have like invested in the secondary, secondary. versus the pass rush financially. They get, they get a pass
1: rush by committee.
0: They, they still draft mean. pass rushers and stuff yeah. like that and sign them, but it's not really it's like they're gonna get pass rush with guys like Chase Winovich or whatever. And he'll get seven sacks and or you whatever. Get, yeah, or Dante Hightower. He gets
1: six. I mean, it's a it's a pass rush by committee. And that's what the Seahawks are maybe trying to emulate. And hopefully that works out. I think that it can
0: only work when you have an elite secondary like the Patriots do.
1: And the Seahawks have tapped into that secondary where you look at it and go, That's pretty good, but I am, real quickly, I still believe that you need to have a good enough pass rush because those two, three seconds go by real quick, and depending on who you're guarding week in and week out, those two to three seconds can feel like 10. Imagine Julio getting, you know, instead of two seconds, he gets a third one. No, yeah, that that is is a a whole new route combination he just did on your DB. Yeah. And depending on who you're playing week in and week out, can they scramble? What's their pocket, what's their presence in the pocket. Like, for example, with Russell Wilson, Okay, we need to get him and sack him now. We don't have time for him to be running in circles, because you know what happens? Your DBs get tired, and that allows for the receivers to create something else out of their behind, which he did with Doug Baldwin all the time. That's true as well. But that's all I wanted to add to that.
0: No, no, that, that, that's a fair point, too, and I think I think good secondary play has a trickle-down effect. I think if like, the Seahawks pass rushers aren't just like complete scrubs. We know right? that, if, yep. If, if last year they were only getting two 2.05 seconds to get there and weren't, right? If you're giving them 2.0 whatever, some more hundredths <laughs> of a second, man, Rasheen will get there, man. Bruce will get there. Benson will get there. They're not like complete bums. Yep. They just need some help. Yeah. They have it. In my mind. With they Jamal. have enough that they will be it wouldn't surprise me if like a bunch of dudes on this team just have four sacks. Like a bunch. And that will be password by committee. Everybody yeah. is filling in and doing it. That only I think can work. When you have an elite secondary, if you're just trying to just like oh we'll just never have that one guy, no 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 that will not work. I think we we talked about that with Joe Fan on the show, and we've just talked about that before. You can't just be a team of no superstars up front. This ain't like some NBA the '04 Pistons or something like that. It just don't it don't work like that. But if you do have some if they have elite help, then I think you can kind of balance that you can balance that out a little bit. Especially even, shoot Jamal will probably get like three four sacks himself. Yeah. Like it really wouldn't surprise me used. if you got like Jamal with four, Rasheem with four, L.J. with four, Jerry with four, Benson with four, Bruce with four. Like there's gonna be some guys getting there. Maybe Puna gets one or two. Like you can you can figure you can figure it out. I think when you have elite guys, even if they're not getting sacks, like all right, cool. So you get in the pressure, and then Jamal picks it off, or Quandre picks it off. Did Quandre have like three picks last year in like five games? Like, he makes it happen. Shaq's going to get his hands on the ball. Dunbar is really good. We're forgetting about Marquise Blair. I think their secondary is going to be solid. Solid enough to have a trickle-down effect that they're giving those guys that extra hundredths of a second or whatever to get home. They don't need that much more time. These guys are not just, like, terrible. Last year, I don't even think they were terrible. Problem is, hell, man, if teams are like, I don't even need that much time, I'm going to just throw it at T2. Well, okay, then there's your problem. Right, I get it. Right. Or if it's like, you know, I'm just gonna throw it up in the air and if Trey Flowers panics and gets a PI call, then whatever. We're getting twenty nine yards on this play. Right. I think that was where they could do it. Or it's like, oh, your nickels in? Oh, Jamar Taylor? We're just gonna throw at him. I don't need time to do that. That was their issue. Now it's just like, oh, where am I gonna throw it? I'll throw it here. Oh, bat it. Pick. Whatever. Like I think more bad things will happen. And I think their secondary will be good. I think they'll have the best pass defense in the NFC. Well
1: as you put it. You said, hot take, you said that the Seahawks' DBs will have the most interceptions in the NFL. I said that? (laughs) I said,
0: Yeah, man. Oh, damn. I don't even remember saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I got it on wax. I can Uh, play it back for you. uh, No, that's that's fine. I trust you. But, yeah, I think they'll have the best pass. They'll have the most efficient pass defense. Like, we'll use, like, DVOA or something in the NFC. I think it'll probably be them. Um, I think the Rams should have a good pass defense. Bills. No, no, no. NFC, NFC. Excuse me. I'm jumping uh, all over the place. Chicago should have a good pass defense, I think. And I w- I'm missing someone with really. oh the Saints. I think the Saints and the Bucks. I think Saints and Bucks should both have good pass defenses uh, this year. I think they all have the like elite guys who can make it happen. I'm not sure on the Cardinals. I would guess, but I I, I don't know. We'll see how someone like Buddha does uh, on their back end and other guys like that. Uh, Patrick Peterson and stuff, but yeah, I think they have the best, the most efficient passing defense in the NFC. That should be enough to get you to the championship, right? At least a top three. Maybe if there's is not better than the Saints, is right there. Oh, maybe maybe the Niners. Okay, it should have like a top three. It's gonna be a fun season. I'll say that much. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. I hope we just get through the season. I think we're at a point where it's looking pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think there's, what, like four guys with COVID in the whole NFL or something like that? that Five. That is a huge... F- now, things change when guys get to traveling and playing each other and, uh, you know... Being in different cities, things yeah, that. Yeah, 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 not in a bubble. That is true. Yeah. It's a lot different you just going from your apartment and renting to this facility and back, or maybe you're hitting Safeway. There's a difference when you hop in a plane, you stay in another team hotel, you know, you're just using another team's visiting locker room. You're just you're just doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, exa- we will see. Fingers crossed. Um, fingers crossed on that. I will... Chris, I want to close on something related to social justice. I feel like we should do that on every show, to be honest. Just challenge ourselves to have some type of social justice content uh, on the show. The Seahawks actually kind of brought this up. They're going to wear shirts that say, we want justice during pregame. They'll have helmet decals that support victims of uh, racism or just police brutality. I'm not just saying police brutality just on its own because people like uh, Trayvon Martin or Emmett Till, or uh, there's another one in my head, Ahmaud Arbery. Those guys weren't, th- there wasn't the police, uh, you know, that violated them, or, you know, the violence was not police-related. It was just white people, <laughs> and it was just racism. I was like, we should got to point that out. Uh, so I actually thought that was a really cool gesture by the Seahawks, some of the, especially since this goes overlooked. There's been a lot of local instances of police brutality and police killings that, I feel like the teams haven't really rallied around. I feel like a lot of people haven't rallied around, but specifically the sports teams who want to be about this, like whether that's the Mariners, Sounders, Storm, whoever. Like, There's a Renee Davis in Seattle. There's a Charlena Lyles in Seattle. There's, uh, I want to say, Tommy Lee, Tommy Lay, uh, the Asian uh, guy who was killed. T- yep. Yeah, they thought he had a knife and mm-hmm. really just had a pen and shot him. Like, there's people like that. Uh, I don't want to mess up my man's name uh a man in kent who got killed or i think that was auburn police there's been a there's been a bunch you know uh manuel ellis in tacoma uh that, that was this year there's been some of those locally and i i know we get caught up in the jacob blakes or the brianna taylor the george floyds and those matter too they all matter that's the point of the slogan black lives matter but like when you're when it happens in your backyard like a lot of these are happening like if you really are with it acknowledge them as well so i thought that was a really cool gesture um, there's a lot of it, uh, info of it on uh, the Seahawks website as well. Guys talking about voting, why they're going to wear, who whose name they're going to have on their helmet. I think BBK is going with Breonna Taylor. DK is going with Emmett Till. Yeah, because he's from Mississippi. Yeah, KJ is going with, ah, I forget. I think it was KJ's idea.
1: Um, but you know how this all kind of stemmed, I think? It was the growth of what Pete Carroll talked about and what changes he wanted to see. Because let, let's let's say Pete never does that. He never comes out and speaks about it. I don't know if this happens with the Seahawks players, if that makes sense. I don't know if they feel comfortable moving forward with such gesture. But now that Pete Carroll has spoke on it, and when I mentioned last week that he opened up doors for his players to have that trust and belief that, oh, our coach is rocking with us to do this. Like mm-hmm. He's really trying to help. Now, oh, you know, we thinking about doing this. Great idea. Let's do it. And I think Pete just opened those doors, which is a great opportunity for these guys to get their voices out and spread that awareness in our backyard where we live and across the nation.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that having the people from their backyard is important. I think Pete kind of like creating the space to have them do it. Like you're saying, I think Jody too, Alan, yeah. mm-hmm. has probably played some type of role in this. Like she has to green light. I'm sure all of this type of stuff, like this, this, it gets up the chain, right? Pete only has one boss. And I think it's her. Right. So, I mean, she's probably playing some role in the behind the scenes. I wish she would play one, you know, up front, but, As cool as, like, the gesture is of the helmet decals and whatever, I don't want the onus to be on the guys to create these policies or, like, have a plan or be, like, it's their job to create action or do calls to action or, like, the NFLPA announced they're going to, like, facilitate meetings with local officials and police and the players. Damn all that. We're done talking to the police, right? It's time to make demands, and then, like, get those demands, like, acted on. And if not, let people know there's going to be some consequences. And I think the best route, and I wrote about this today, too, the best route for Seattle would be something like, I'll pick an organization. I'll pick uh, Decriminalize Seattle. Have you heard of Decriminalize Seattle? Yeah? Um, I think uh, Nikita Oliver is behind that one. You say, hey, these guys have already doing the work. We know they've been doing the work. We agree with how they kick it. The demands they've already put forward, I think there is something to do with it. They have, like, defunding the police, some other things. They have a whole list of demands, to be honest. Plenty of organizations do. You say, hey, we, the Seahawks players, the coaches, whatever, Jody Allen as well, we demand these things with them. We stand with Decriminalizer, King County Equity, not whatever. There's a bazillion local organizations, um, creative justice. There's a ton out there. There's honestly just Black Lives Matter, King County uh, as well. There's a ton. You say, hey, we align with these things. We we endorse these. Just like, remember uh, in 2017, Doug Baldwin endorsed that uh that bill to be passed. The de-escalation building was I 940. Uh, him and Roger Goodell like wrote a, wrote something about it. I remember that. Anyway, do something very similar, but you make it a demand. Like, hey, decriminalize or whoever they are demanding this. We demand those things with them because they align with how we feel as an organization. That's gonna be really hard to ignore, Chris. I think people like have been asking me, like, "Yo, what was what is getting Jody involved gonna do, or what more could these guys do, or how can they, as white person, help?" This is how the Seahawks could really get some things cracking. If the Seahawks and the Mariners and the Sounders and the Storm, am I missing a team? Hell, the cracking ain't cracking crackin was- ain't even real yet. Let's. Put get them th- get them involved too like hey we demand these things with these local organizations that have been fighting for change because i mean like i don't want to put the onus on like some linebackers to come up with policy reforms for what it's not your job right your job is to watch film on the upcoming opponent and be great if you're pete it's the same thing like you have to, you can use your voice to to like get the message out there but know that there already is a message of like um whether it's i, I want to go beyond voting voting alone is not going to do it uh you need some actual people who's like being forced to make some changes. It's called so, action. Yeah, whether that's some uh, like how they removed police from Seattle public schools, or there's obviously the defunding movement. But even if you're not with that, there's other demands that people are making: releasing protesters from uh, jail, uh, the school to prison pipeline. Uh, they're building a whole new youth jail just right up the block from where we're recording. Like just all these other things that are already being fought for. And I think it's important for the Seahawks to align their message with them, if they agree, instead of, like, having their own separate agenda, because what p- politicians can do is, like, oh, we're going to ignore you, decriminalized, because the Seahawks said this. Like, we're going to cater to these guys, the billionaires or the millionaires in town, and go with them. Like, and it kind of divides and it distorts the message, and it gets all ugly. But if the Seahawks make it very clear, hey, we stand with these guys. This is what, this is what we want, to Make these things happen, because we say so as well. That's power. Who's gonna ignore that? It's very tough to ignore Jenny that. Dur- Jenny Durkin gonna ignore that? No. Governor Inslee gonna it's ignore very that? Very tough to ignore that. Then, then you can get to uh, like, okay, what do we do if the demands aren't met? Are we not gonna practice? We're we not gonna play? I don't know what's gonna happen there. But then if that does happen, remember, uh, I don't know if you read the reports. Like LeBron was kind of upset with the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks, because they didn't have a plan. Right? I was like, hey, you just kind of just shut everything down. Why didn't y'all call me?
1: Yeah, we just, we actually alluded to that on our on the pod. Yeah,
0: it was a little selfish on LeBron's part, but I get where he's saying, let's have a plan. Cool, um, the Seahawks would have then already have a plan because it's like, oh, oh, why are you guys, why are you guys not showing up to the game? What are you going? What do you want to happen? And you're not going to end police brutality in a day. Well, hey, we've already made our demands. Actually, we align with these groups. That's making the demands. We didn't give money to them. We didn't support them. We didn't publicly came out and said it, whether a statement or video. I don't really care. Then you're using your platform to get some change because if the Seahawks say so, or the Mariners, or the Sounders, this is everyone. And not just the players, not just Russell or Pete, Jody, whoever owns these other teams. I can't think of the other owners. That is that goes beyond like something is. That's just a nice gesture. as like rocking Emmett Till on your helmet. That's cool. That's fine. I I don't disagree with doing it. But let's acknowledge that that's just a gesture, where there could be some real change if we just put the like amplify the voices of the people already on the ground. Because like you were friends of the children, right? You're. You work an organization that's on the ground trying to help people in the community. Imagine if they're like amplifying that. Yeah. Right? When the Seahawks do things, they do community outreach and stuff like that. I'm not gonna say that they're just like got their head in the sand. But in this particular one, if you're really against racism and police brutality, well, there's already groups on the ground that's like, Hey, we're against that too. Hey, we've been fighting for this for years. Amplify our voice and we'll take it from there. Just let me know you stand with us, Russell Wilson, or Peter, or Jody or or whoever. Is there any other organizations that miss any? No, not that I could, I mean, bring back up the Sonic, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whoever, whoever, it doesn't have to be sports, you know, where Bezos at, like, Amazon, yeah, Google, whatever, it don't matter, if you, if, if you give a damn, we won't hear you, yep. all right, and here's what you can do, you don't have to sit there in your boardrooms and like, ah, right, what, what, what policies can we demand, get you? no, man, there's already people fighting on the ground for that, align with their message, let them take the reins, support them, especially if they're led by black women, because black women's always at the front, you know, doing the right thing, so rock with them, and then go from there, and then, Chris, I think we'll get some change. Yeah. You think so? It Starts somewhere, man. Right? Start somewhere. I mean, it's, uh, the fight's already started. We in it. We've been in it. There's just a right <laughs> way to go about being in it. Yeah. I think. Well, for, for these guys. As I mentioned
1: previously, I really do believe Pete Carroll standing up and making his voice known kickstarted a lot of things, and this is one of them, and we want to see more of that. And as you mentioned, with other teams and other organizations, let's get you behind this, too. That way we can build this up and keep it going, because that's what it comes down to. The more, the better. Right now, oh, yeah, right now it's it's just the beginning, and it can definitely become a huge success. Absolutely, with, when it comes to racial injustice and how we move this country going forward. Yeah,
0: because it's it's not it's the more the better. The more pressure, that's what it is. There's it, probably very few people who can put put pressure on like someone like Durkin or. Insley or whoever to get some change than Russell Wilson, yeah. he does not have to go speak in Olympia like Doug was doing. That's the next step that I don't think they necessarily need to do because it's already people doing that. Just say you're with them, stand with them, support them, and you're good. I like it. I like the gestures of the, the helmet decals too. I think the most important part of that is they got local people on there. There's, there's Brianna Taylor's everywhere, and those are very tragic. There's also Charlene Lyles in our backyard. Yeah, and we can't forget about her and her family, or Manuel Ellis or or whoever uh we we just can't I, man like i really want to get my man's name right from auburn his name i want to say is is Giovanni joseph mcdade let's let's go with that that was a really tragic story did you read on that one unfortunately i i did I yeah did. that one was that was bad yeah that was that was real bad but i'm glad that these guys are being honored locally because you got to fly you got to take care of home first and then we'll get to you know jacob's got the nation right like Let's let Emmanuel Ellis have all of Washington rallying with him. At well, least that, that's my piece on it.
1: No, I hear you, man. And we want to thank everyone out there for tuning in to this episode of Seahawks man to Man. We appreciate the love and support. We see all the feedback. Read it. Hear it. Appreciate it, man. Thank you guys so much. And, yeah, season is underway. Yeah,
0: it was like a little somber note heading into the season. But it's all right. Nah, nah, it's an important th- this note. Is
1: imp- exactly. This is what needs to be talked about and in this time. And we can't just stick to sports We have to No, hell no We have to Mm -mm. We have to make sure we touch on everything And it's not just sticking to sports Because that's not what this podcast is all about No,
0: hell no So
1: Again, we want to thank you guys for rocking with us Appreciate the love and support If you haven't subscribed yet Go ahead and click the subscribe button We are available Almost everywhere It will be twice a week all season (laughs) Like I said off wax and then Mike alluded to it on wax grind like, right gets yeah. we don't know if it's worth
0: but you I am it here. Right? Right? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you get yeah
1: from a time to your bag a